0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'd like to share some thoughts with you this morning on this verse from today's Holy Gospel. And Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And that's our text, and you can sit down. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. My mother had a thing for Dove. Not the bird, mind you. I'm talking about the Dove soap. Well, actually, it's a beauty bar, which according to Unilever contains one quarter pure moisturizing cream and mild cleansers that leave skin clean, soft, and smooth. And still today, when I walk into a room and there's an open bar of Dove soap, I mean a beauty bar, I go in my mind's eye right back to our upstairs bathroom in Conklin, Michigan. Well, in today's Holy Gospel, a dove pops up. Not a beauty bar, mind you, but a bird. Actually, it drops down. After John had baptized Jesus, it's recorded that the heavens were open to Jesus and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him in the form of a dove and coming to rest on him. So let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered why the Holy Spirit chose to appear in the form of a dove? There may be no particular reason. The Holy Spirit had to appear in some form. Why not that of a dove? Most biblical commentators gloss right over that. In fact, the most recent edition of the Lutheran Study Bible doesn't even attempt to explain why the Holy Spirit chose to appear in the form of a dove. But Martin Luther, and if you know anything about Luther, you know he's never at a loss for words, Martin Luther had something to say about a dove. He surmised that the dove indicated the Holy Spirit's faithfulness, that the Spirit, quote, "...has no anger toward us, but is ready to help us to become godly and be saved." Close quote. So perhaps there is more to the Holy Spirit's appearing like a dove. And since a cardinal rule of biblical interpretation is to let Scripture interpret Scripture, well, perhaps a quick review of the term dove could provide a little insight. So let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible begins. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now listen to this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now that term translated hovering is actually a bird word. So you've got the Spirit of God, you've got water, and something is about to happen, something that's going to change everything. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the entire process of creation is underway. A process in which the spirit of God plays a very vital part. First, there is light, followed by the sky and the land and the heavenly bodies and the plants and the animals. And finally, as a crown of God's creating activity, human beings. And overall, there's a spirit hovering, so to speak, like a dove. And then in the account of Noah and the great flood, the dove plays another part. Now, I don't have to tell you the story of Noah and the great flood. But for the better part of a year, Noah and his family, eight people in all, were holed up inside that smelly ark. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to think of what it was like to spend a year in the ark with all those animals. Well, finally, God makes a wind start blowing over the waters, and the waters of the flood start to subside. So Noah dispatches a dove, but the dove returned. A week later, Noah sent the dove out again, and this time it came back with a freshly plucked olive be- branch in its beak. And ever since, the dove with an olive branch has been a symbol of peace. Well, Noah waits one more week and sends out the dove again. And this time, the dove doesn't return. And now Noah knows that it's safe to venture out of the ark and go back out into the world. So what do you have? There is a dove. There's water. Lots of water this time. A wind blowing. And once again, the promise of something new. Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, the Lord promises, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Now those two examples of the dove might be rather obvious, come to mind rather quickly. But there's a third reference I'd like you to check out, and this one comes from a somewhat unlikely source, namely the Song of Solomon, or the Song of Songs, depending upon which Bible translation you happen to be using. Well, actually, the Song of Solomon is a pretty graphic love poem. And many people, after reading it the first time, think, what in the world is that doing in the Bible? But rather than getting into an excursus about the merits of the Song of Solomon in the canon of Holy Scripture, the point I'd like to make is that a number of times in the Song of Solomon, the Beloved is referred to as, My Dove example, my dove, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Oh, you might be saying to yourself, isn't that sweet? It's like two star-struck teenagers in love for the first time, or young people completely smitten with one another, or a bride and groom literally gushing over each other. My dove, My beloved is at hand, and wonderful things are about to happen. So what do you make of all of this? Is it reading too much into the text to notice that at creation you have the Spirit of God hovering over the face of those primeval waters? That after the great flood you have a a dove flying out over the waters? That in the Song of Solomon you have the term dove used interchangeably with my beloved? And now at the baptism of Jesus, you've got the waters of the Jordan River, you've got the Spirit hovering over them like a dove, indicating that the waters have accomplished their purpose, and now you have the divine voice promising something new. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. It all seems to come together at Jesus' baptism, doesn't it? The water, the Spirit of God, the dove, and the beloved. It all seems to come together at Jesus' baptism, and it all comes together that way at your baptism also. So fill in the blanks with me in your little sermon outline if you haven't done so already. First, the Spirit of God hovered like a dove over Jesus at his baptism, over Jesus, And it's comforting to know that the Spirit of God hovers like a dove over the chaotic waters of your life. Chaotic waters. The Spirit brings order from those chaotic waters, which sometimes seem like the formless and empty darkness that was over the surface of the deep at the start of creation. And it's comforting to know that the Spirit of God hovers like a dove over the flood waters of your life. The flood waters. Jesus himself is present with the Spirit as together they bring you a message of peace in spite of those surging waters which sometimes threaten to sweep you away like a tsunami. And it's especially comforting to know that the Spirit of God hovers like a dove over the peaceful baptismal waters. Peaceful waters. For the message of Jesus' baptism is that he was God's beloved son And the message of your baptism assures you that you are the Lord's beloved son or daughter. You are the beloved. So then let me ask you, can you see the love of God in those baptismal waters which once washed over you? Can you see God's love in the chaotic waters of your life when nothing seems to be going right? Can you see God's love in those rebellious times of life when like a headstrong teenager, you just want to be off on your own without your heavenly father constantly looking over your shoulder? Can you see God's love in those times when you know that you've done something wrong and like a guilty child, you know you deserve to be punished? And can you see God's love when the waters of life seem to rise up and drown you like when Peter became terrified while walking over the stormy waters of the Sea of Galilee. The message of your baptism is that God is with you and that God loves you. Baptism reminds you that the Heavenly Father has taken the chaotic waters of your life apart from Him and has recreated you in the image of His beloved Son. Baptism reminds you that Jesus is standing right there with you in the troubling waters of this world. He took those waters all the way to the cross where those waters rose up and drowned him to death. But even those deadly waters couldn't keep Jesus submerged for on Easter Sunday, he rose in victory over sin, Satan, and the waters of death. And now he lives to share that victory with you. It's like the Apostle Paul reminds you in today's epistle reading. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so you too might walk in newness of life. Oh, to be sure, baptism reminds you that the same Spirit who hovered over Jesus at his baptism, is now hovering over you continually, empowering and strengthening you to die daily to sin and to rise to God's newness of life day after day after day. Here's how Luther puts it in the small catechism. Baptism indicates that the old Adam, that's a sinful self, the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. And by the way, there's just one more lesson to learn. Doves are devoted creatures. They are faithful. When doves commit themselves, they mean to stick to it. So isn't it comforting to know that the same Spirit of God who hovered over Jesus at his baptism now hovers over you during your time here on earth, committing himself to you and sticking to that commitment. And I've got some very good news for you. In that last blank in your sermon outline, like a dove, the Spirit of God commits himself to you. The Spirit commits himself to you, not just for time, but for all eternity. God grant that to you for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now that peace of God that passes understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.